the New Zealand Tech Podcast. Brought to you by Gorilla Technology. Proactive and strategic IT. Welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. This is episode 457. I'm your host Paul Spain and our special guest today, Glenn Hart. Welcome to the show, Glenn. Thank you very much. Hello. Now, maybe you could fill our listeners in on, uh, and those watching via the uh, the Facebook live stream on uh, where you fit into this big wild world of uh, media and technology. Uh, well, uh, I'm technically I'm the technical director of the Mike Hosking Breakfast on News Talk ZB. Uh, so, as a little spin off of that, that uh, involves keeping my host up to date with the latest advances and gadgetry and technology and um, which is good because that happens to be a passion of mine I'm, I'm a geek a bit like you I think and uh, yeah I've got terrible FOMO when it comes to uh, any new product that comes out I want to get my hands on it and have a, have a play with it basically so yeah I, I, um, I review a lot of that stuff for the Newstalk ZB website yeah great all right well um, looking forward to chatting through some of the some of the latest bits of technology of course it has been uh, fairly big the last week in terms of we've got announcements from Apple, uh, new product through from uh, who uh, Huawei with their Nova 5T uh, just launched into the New Zealand market, uh, Fitbit as well with their newest device and a few other bits and pieces to talk about as well. So I think let's start, I just wanted to chat a little bit about Roku TV before we dive into uh, the Apple side of things. Now, Roku TV is this this unusual platform for us here in New Zealand because it's, oh, and I should tell the listeners, we're coming to you live from Tokyo today. That's a, that's a, that's a little bit different from usual, isn't it, you most ju- weeks? You could just be saying that. How do they, how do they know that we're really, we're really here? That's a, that's a good point, Glenn. <laughs> well, for those that are watching the Facebook Live on the NZ Tech Podcast um, Facebook page, um, we are going to open the curtains. Now, you won't be able to see us because suddenly the contrast will go nuts uh, and you'll be able to see uh, a bit of Tokyo there in the uh, there you go. In the background. Obviously, oh, obviously Tokyo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it looks like a lot of other cities, but that is, <laughs> that is, that is Tokyo, we assure you. Yeah. Uh, we'll close up the curtains uh, again. Yeah, I, uh, I went out there and I actually had some Tokyo cuisine for lunch. I don't know what it was. I did one of those, just point at the pictures on the menu. Right. And so even when it arrived, I still wasn't really sure what it was, but it was delicious. Nice. <laughs> what, what do you think it was? It was sort of a no- noodles and... and Well, yeah, it was served on rice. I'm thinking some kind of pork. Okay. <laughs> Hard to say. Th- th- thinly sliced, some yeah. weird mushrooms in there. But it was great. Yeah, no, really well with the the extremely large glass of beer that I had with it. So oh, it awesome. Well, I, I mean, there, there certainly a lot of lots of uh, local options, but where I wandered to seemed to be a little bit more western oriented. There was a Burger King. And I thought, no, I'm not <laughs> no. going. I'm not going to Burger <laughs> King in Tokyo. Uh, but I did go to a a, a local sort of. Um, Japanese American fusion restaurant. That's right. what I'll call it. Yes. Um, but hamburgers. Um, oh, but so you still had a burger. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, there there was some um, some hot green stuff in there. So the, you know the ah, wasabi the, the burger, wasabi uh, element, and uh, yeah, very uh, very nice. Little mm. little bit different to to 
uh, what I'm used to. So yeah, interesting to see the uh, right. the, 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 their take on a, an American food, and they had a English menu as well. Well, I think that's um, pretty convincing. I think we've convinced everybody that we really are here in Tokyo. Okay, we'll better get on with <laughs> We're better to discuss latest technical advances. Well, and we've look, we've got some amazing technology in terms of the selfie stick that's actually holding the uh, the phone up. <laughs> so, if anyone is for that, well, for those that are, that watch the uh, the video, if uh, suddenly the picture goes haywire. That is just because I forgot to bring the tripod, and uh, uh, Glenn came to the rescue with a selfie stick, which we've propped up with my bag and uh, a couple of other things. So really, it's the height of professionalism yep. on the New Zealand Tech Podcast yeah. this week, Glenn. It's a, the, very much like the the moon landing, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as long as it works, that's right. We get there in the end. Uh, so yeah, first up, Ro- Roku TV. Uh, look, this they've been the the dominant. Uh, technology that enables streaming in the US in terms of you know you've got Apple TV, Android TV, Roku, you've got Samsung smart TVs, all the other smart TVs but Roku TV really came to the market very very early on and very very low cost so with little um, little puck type devices, I, I guess, is what they often get referred to in New Zealand as, as well as uh, streaming sticks. Yeah, little stick now as well. Yeah, yeah, and and they've been you've been able to get them in the US market for in that sort of thirty to fifty dollar range for for many years. I, you know, I remember we, we tried one out very early on the New Zealand Tech Podcast, probably back around the the two thousand and eleven time frame when we were getting started and uh, you know quite a compelling device never available really outside of North America officially other than uh, the now TV product out of the UK where they they took that product they must have cut a deal uh, with Roku and it was actually didn't have any Roku branding on it uh, and it was your way of streaming the now TV service which came from uh, B Sky B so uh, yeah interesting to see that they've uh, it's, it looks like it's coming to UK and Europe now so, so maybe they integrated a, it as, as part of the, the, the television sets um, I'm not too sure of the details there's, there's sort of talk of some licensing deals going going on into Europe uh, but Hisense who are a Chinese uh, TV manufacturer at the sort of sharper end yeah. price wise but you know I've noticed them at, at CES in Vegas for the last you know umpteen years with you know quite a big presence so they're really you know this is one of those Chinese brands that's been working to sort of push out into the global market uh, they're adding Roku TV capabilities uh, for their UK TVs. So if that's happening UK and Europe, it's quite possible we will see them into the New Zealand market. And as I mentioned a few weeks ago, going into some of the, the sort of um, you know big retailers, you would find these very low cost TVs, which if you saw those in New Zealand, the likes of the warehouse and so on, they wouldn't be smart TVs. Yeah. Over there they're including Roku, Just to, that's, that was just, you know, thrown in as, as standard so that they could say smart TV next to every TV. So yeah, because it it's, it's that next step up, isn't it? From you know buying one of those warehouse TVs and then sticking a Chromecast in it, so you you then sort of enable some of those smart capabilities. Yeah, so. and it's a bit messy and so on. So my my hope is that Roku will will go more, you know, become available more broadly, and that we would just see that sort of thing happen with those lower cost. 
uh, TVs because it makes them a whole lot more useful when they've got that capability. Uh, and and we, you know when you look at those Roku capabilities, it's not a super flash interface, but it gives you ac- access to the likes of Netflix and Amazon, and there's a whole bunch of apps on there. Spark Sport. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Pro, 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 sorry, sorry, sorry. We don't mention. We won't mention that this week. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there we there we go. All right. So yeah, Roku TV. So that's going to be one to watch. Uh, but really, the the thing that a lot of people have been very curious about over the last few days is, Paul, what's your take on the uh, the Apple announcement? You know, what do you think of the iPhone 11, the 11 Pro, uh, the the 11 Pro Max? There's new iPad, there's new uh, Apple Watch Series 5. Um, but really, the, the, and we did talk a little bit about it last week before everything was uh, was confirmed. But it does really come down to the sort of whole broader ecosystem play and by adding in this Apple Arcade service which is in the New Zealand market uh, or will be in the New Zealand market at just under $9 uh, and Apple TV Plus at just under $9 as well. That's really the big the big announcement here. I, I mean I think for Apple, uh, Apple fans, those that, that use iOS uh, yeah, new for iPhones coming through is always is always good because there's so much competition on the Android front. There's a new. It seems like there's a new Android phone yeah. that we could talk about probably just about every every week. There there are yeah. literally and that's just in our, in our market. You know, do, dozens we, available in our if, market. Yeah, locally. if we had access to some of the phones that you know come out, you know, in places like China, for example, and even in Europe. Um, yeah, there's a real flood of them, and, and all the price ranges, aren't there? That's right. That's right. But, um, but yeah, what did, so what did what did you what did you make of the of of the Apple launch of those things? I mean, you say it was a new iPad, but really, it's just a sort of a slightly bigger iPad, isn't it? It's there's not well, it's, the, all the, these the, these changes the, are very incremental, aren't they? And I think that's sort of the nature of most technology releases these days. They are they are incremental. Mm. You know, we're we're stepping up from you know two cameras to three cameras, or you know, there's a there's a little bit more battery life, or there's a bit more uh, performance. And so, yeah, these things are are certainly iterative. Um, uh, as far as the iPad is concerned, well, this one includes uh, the support for a keyboard. And not just a Bluetooth keyboard, but one that's attached. Purpose built. Yeah. Uh, the probably the downside of that is that the keyboard is is quite uh, is quite expensive. It's around half the cost of the actual iPad. So the screen size has got has gone up uh, from what was it nine point nine point eight inch? Should I forget? Um, like up to ten point two. So so yeah. it's a, it's, it's a yeah. little little bit bigger, a little bit of a. A refresh and look part of these new releases is this is part is is part of what keeps Apple going financially because whenever there is a new product there there is interest right you generally people would like to be on the most current release I had my eight-year-old son saying dad are you getting me the new iPad? I'm right, thinking, my okay. goodness, he's you, only ever been on an iPad this year, and now he already wants to be on the on the current model. So, you know, needless to say, I was sort of, you know, 
dampening that down a bit so he's not you know expecting me to come home with him you know uh f- with with one the moment that it's, uh, yeah, that yeah, it's yeah. in market i mean i do feel like that that gloss is starting to just tarnish a little bit about and, and even you know some apple you know devoted apple users that i've talked to in the last sort of year year and a half um they're starting to look at those devices and look at the you know the operating system and going well actually this is not that different to the very first one that they brought out you know it's still a bunch of icons on a screen even now and um and, and yes yeah, so, and it's interesting that a lot of these announcements it's uh, these days the iterative um you know here's, here's the extra feature is literally catching trying to catch up to what some of the other devices from the other uh, manufacturers have, you know, have had on their devices for, for some time. Um, yeah, I don't know. My, my overall impression of that launch the other day was there was a lot of brown slacks and blue shirts and grey hair, and it was quite low energy, and I thought, this is not quite you know, what we've come to know and love from, from Apple in the past. Certainly, I think a lot of people were surprised by the, by the pricing structure. You know, some of these things are actually cheaper than last year's uh, models. And I I think that speaks to the challenges that that Apple, you know, are having in the current environment, the current climate, selling devices. Maybe, well, it it is harder than it has been. And when you look at Apple's revenue, they were, yeah, they used to be around two-thirds of their revenue was coming from the iPhone. Now it's below 50%. So they are, they are you know very much changing as a business, and this move to the uh, Apple Arcade, which is a gaming service, you just pay a flat rate. You can play any of the games on there as much as you like, and this covers your whole family. And then the same thing with their streaming service, Apple TV Plus, uh, you know nine dollars a month. Yeah, well, again, a lot of people were surprised that they came in at that at that lower, price. Lower they, price they, point. they were predicting it to be a little bit a little bit higher than that. Well, I would say that's that's a reflection, at least in part, that they're not going to have a massive content catalogue to start with. The content rights are you know already tied up in most in most markets for the big existing pieces of content. Uh, I mean, we don't we don't know the reality of exactly what that catalogue's gonna look like, but of course they've been touting their own uh, you know, unique offerings that, uh, that that they're funding and they're gonna have to throw a lot of money at it to uh, you know to, to bring those through. Yeah, they have certainly thrown a lot of money at a lot of big names yeah, um, you know yeah. to have uh, it's, it's a weird situation because they, for a lot of those people, for your Oprahs and your, um, your Jennifer Aniston's and these people, they're, they're sort of extra projects to what they were already already doing anyway. It's not like they've bought they've bought them exclusively, you know, to That's to, to work for Apple. So, yeah, oh well, I, I, it's it, it's an interesting phase we're getting to. There's a lot of streaming services available now, isn't there? And it's it's it'd be interesting to see where where that where that price pain point is for people how you know do i have everything you know am i you know missing out on some some am i prepared to miss out on some because you've got to set a budget you just can't keep adding on another service and another service and another service look i don't i don't know about that for when you when you look at you know the apple products they tend to uh hit those that are in higher earning brackets uh, prob- you know, probably if you you know you balance it up, we look at the uh, amount of money that's spent in the Apple ecosystem. Even though it's a yeah, they've got a smaller market share than Android when you when you look at it globally. 
uh, you know, the revenue per user off apps and audio books and all these other sorts of things. Certainly where I've seen measurements, it seems like on Apple people spend a lot more and I think that's probably indicative that in general people using their Apple, that's certainly a, you know, a broad generalisation, you know, but, but probably if you, if you analysed it, um, you, you would say that there's, there's a bit more money uh, behind uh, the average iOS user compared to yep. uh, Android users and that's no you know not pointing the finger at, at anybody in any good or bad way just that, that that's my understanding and so if you hit those people that are that have uh, got a you know higher disposable income then in some cases they're going to be less likely to be worried over a you know nine dollar a month type thing they might leave it running in the background as i accidentally have done with some subscriptions in the past with without shutting it down the moment they realize they're not uh, yeah, they're not they're not yeah. watching it. So you know, there I think you know where we're going. People will have a, a mix of services, and you might not use a particular service one month, but you might not stop paying for it as well. And I think that would be part of what Apple are, are hoping for. That certainly uh, lines up with this thing whereby you buy an Apple device over the next year, and you know, the, 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 you know new um, Apple TV new iPhone, I think a new Mac, you will get access to Apple TV Plus for the next yeah. year for free. So it becomes so that, an added value feature, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I know we'll, we'll see how that plays out. I can't see it being anything profitable for them in the short term. In fact, there was a comment where I, I posted the video from uh, a TVNZ um, news story that I was interviewed for last week and I posted it up on LinkedIn. And yeah, one of the, one of the comments I saw um, today was, Hey, I think this is pretty much a loss leader for 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 Apple. Wow, um, I mean that's the lesson we've learned from Netflix, isn't it? That, I mean yeah. they just create, keep creating content and not making any money out of it. So <laughs> anyway, um, and and look, I mean Apple certainly have deep enough pockets. They could have gone out and and probably bought Netflix. I don't, I don't, I don't know what that what that might have looked like, but uh, when you look at the market cap of of Netflix, for instance, it, w- it was small enough that Apple could have bought it. I, th- I think there's a lot of wisdom in going out and doing your doing your own thing. And uh, yeah, I would imagine it will play out reasonably well for them. But it's really anyone's anyone's guess at this stage because it's so early that they could really mess it up. You know, really they've got to execute really well. Yeah, they've got to uh, you know pull in great content ultimately if the content's not really good and they they keep and they can't keep adding to it then why would anyone subscribe yeah i see they cancelled one of their programs before they even before it even went to air the other day yeah <laughs> yeah the richard gear one i think it was bastards i think it was called yeah yeah it just wasn't nice enough apparently <laughs> so the, the challenges <laughs> of um i mean they're trying to pivot as a company aren't they they're getting into all these new fields that haven't been you know traditionally apple and they've got to they've got to try and succeed. That said, they've done pretty well on the music front with Apple Music. That's been yeah. panned out well for them. And if you know if you look around at others in the in the broader technology space, the idea of script subscriptions and services seems to pan out pretty well. So I I think it worked really well. Um, now Apple Watch Series Five always on display. That's their that's their big thing. Uh, which is, is, I guess, going to say it's a bit of a relief. I've got the old one on, and there's this whole thing of having to lift 
and you know no, it's very it's so obvious, hard it's, just having to lift isn't well, it well it's very <laughs> obvious you can't do a little subtle look down at your watch when you're in a meeting you've got to you've got this big action and everyone can see yeah oh, paul's looking at his watch that's definitely the key it. isn't it you, you want to be able to do the sneaky check of the notification yeah and having people just think that you're just subtly checking the time and yeah. thinking that the meeting might be going on a little bit too long <laughs> that's much more preferable to Think, thinking oh right i've got to get milk on the way home yeah, yeah that, that's definitely <laughs> so so good good move on that front apple um now look i love our local telcos they do a lot for us and uh, uh they're very supportive of the new zealand tech podcast but i am a little bit disappointed that they haven't moved along far enough with their um eSIM and whatnot support so that with the Series 5 launch, we are not getting uh, an embedded SIM variation of the Apple Watch Series 5. Now, realistically, it's only a very small percentage of the market, and I'm sure they've weighed up whatever they have to do, and they will eventually you know, be there uh, with that sort of support in the future. Uh, and I think part, part of they, they're partway there because um, you use a Samsung watch and you know Samsung and and Spark have got an embedded sim yep. uh, working I think there are other capabilities it's not just having the embedded sim uh, it's that simultaneous ring so someone calls your primary number and you're out and about with your just your watch that your text yeah, it's a complicated, complicated business would, would come through so it's a little bit complicated so we'll see that in time um, and look, you know, I'm not not really picking on our telcos, you know, too much. They've got to weigh up what makes sense. We're we're a smaller market, um, but it always hurts when they've got something in Australia that we don't have in New Zealand, right? We oh. we, we always have to. Well, it is, but about even that. even more so when they've got something in America that we don't have, <laughs> and and um, because you know, I've heard of uh, examples of. Uh, Americans, you know, coming here uh, with their eSIM devices, you know, phones a lot, of, a, lot, with, a lot of time. Devices that, and you know, their telco in America has told them it will work no problem. And of course, there's just no support for it here, so yes, not helpful. Yeah, false advertising. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so, yeah, I think you know. Look, is it the most exciting Apple launch ever? No. Is it effectively what they, you know, what they need to do to? Uh, you know, keep keep their investors happy to keep people engaged with the brand. Look, you know, I think the the refresh is good. The fact that some of the prices are are a little bit lower. I think the top price maybe is a little bit higher. The iPhone 11 Max 512 gig model I think comes in around two eight. As well as I have a feeling the top phone last year was was two six. Um, that could be that could be my memory for trying to remember all these yeah, product so names it's, prices it's certainly more money than I'd ever be prepared to spend on a phone that's for sure that you can leave on the roof of your car and then drive away <laughs> um, uh, so uh, any comment on the, the no 5G support you know there in, the, in, in these phones isn't this the time that you know a new phone should have you know especially a flagship phone should be great, great. Have, a, have a 5G variant or? yeah great great question well in, in an ideal world, yeah. I mean, we would see Samsung, Huawei, Apple. I mean, what's, what's Vodafone actually going to be running they, when they launch this 5G network at the end, at the end of the well, year? Well, I think there's a Huawei variant of the Mate 20 Pro, Correct. that's 5G. Yeah. There's a 5G variant of the uh, Samsung S10, is it? Uh, oh, 
on pot. Yeah, maybe. That, that, yeah, 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 that, that was announced. Right. So there, there will be something. There won't be a lot. That said, I'm not super focused for myself. Although I want 5G, I'd be more interested in a 5G hotspot in the car to deliver nice, fast, you know, internet yep. to to everybody in a vehicle or for an in-home or one that you can take with you, have it at home, take it to your batch, take it when you're out of town, those, those sorts of things. And it's going to take some time for the 5G network to actually get beyond a, a handful of cell sites. Yeah. It's, hard, it's really hard for people to get their head around because I think... Uh, a lot of people still think of it as being the change from 3G to 4G where your phone just started doing it yes and um, and working a bit better and it's you know and it's 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 not it's not that at all of course it's a whole a whole new board game requires whole new hardware in the in the phones um, and interestingly the well if you've got an apple it, it comes up as 5G already uh, I, yeah, I was using my iPhone in, in the states a few weeks ago and it said 5G E, I think, right. uh, on there, which is this just this rubbish marketing that you get out of AT and T in America, right. and we've seen in other 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 places over the over the years as well. Yeah. Very confusing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but look, we, we're we're on the track. We're on the road with five G. You know, Spark obviously very keen for Spectrum auctions to take place so they can launch theirs, uh, and and you know they've got their trial uh, going on with with some Spectrum that they've been. Uh, um, yeah, provided for that testing. Vodafone obviously been in a similar boat, but you know, actually rolling out uh, real cell sites because they've got some spectrum that's a, that they, that's that they lease, I suppose. You know, they, they they sort of own it, lease it for the next couple of years. Uh, but then there's there's a spectrum auction somewhere in there, so they may not necessarily have that same spectrum available. So it's it's still a little bit up in the air. But it's it's pleasing to see that yeah, New Zealand's getting on board. 5G wise, uh, there's still more work to be done. I saw uh, Steve Biddle posting on on Twitter around the um, the lower latency aspect of 5G. Uh, that element is still to be ratified. So you know the very very um, you know fast um, or you know short short uh, time that it will take for for uh, data to get from one place to the other. That low latency is, is still a little way off before we get down to those sort of um, fiber-like speeds. So uh, yeah. yeah, so so it wasn't a complete waste of time getting getting fiber on at your house, is what you what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, fiber fiber's, fiber's not a bad thing. Not, not a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. just just before we get off the iPhone, just one last little thing, Paul. What do you make of that camera module? Oh boy, I've I've really had a good few laughs over the, <laughs> over the last few days with the things flicking around on on social media. The fellow shave meme. Oh, there's yep. just there's all sorts, isn't there? Where they're just sort of you know take taking uh, the. I uh, mean, it really does. Uh, when I first saw it, I I really did do a double take because I felt like it was like something from a 1970s science fiction movie where the director had said to his props department, "Right, we we've got a phone and it's got to have a camera on it," and they've just literally smacked it on the back like that it's it's striking it, well <laughs> it seemed to me that apple because they've not they're not first to the market with this triple camera yeah. type scenario they don't want to look like they've copied samsung or copied huawei yeah so it sort of looks that as though uh, johnny ive and the crew have Looked at it. This said, is, pa- is this, or, or, is this, or is this been, Johnny Ives patting? Or have been told by Tim Cook, you must not make this look 
like a ripoff yeah. of the other brand. So you need to come out with something different. And they certainly did. But aesthetically, it 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 ah uh, oh, yeah. no, 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 I don't think I don't think it, I don't think it works. I've got to say, right. and 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 that was the only thing I could come up with is that they were trying to be different. Why else would it look so odd? But and then you know we say that and then, carried and, away with it. And then the cult of Apple, they'll probably embrace it with loving arms, and it will be the cool thing. Your phone's got to got to look like this from now on. Just like you've got to have a square. The watch. next, the next Huawei, the next yeah. Samsung yeah. will we'll be will be copying because Apple sets the trends design wise. Who knows? Maybe, maybe. Well, I was, actually, I was in a store today, and there were a whole lot of cases for the for the new uh, the iPhone uh, 11, 11 Pro, and uh, yeah, they just had a very generic name: twenty nineteen iPhone. You know, on on the package, but obviously Apple sort of shares enough details so that that accessories, uh, you know, market yep. can be uh, can be prepped up early. So yeah, um, I'm I'm look, I'm looking forward to trying out the new phones. I you know, I'm still uh, enjoy using the uh, Apple product. I like the the cohesiveness of the e- ecosystem, the simplicity when you move from one phone to another. Uh, there's definitely some you know some niceties around that I don't think they're going anywhere they're they're right up there as you know one of the world's most successful companies and look you know I I think that you know they've done enough this will this will keep them moving along will they keep moving losing market share when there are so many other phones on the market with amazing features at competitive price points yep I think they'll they'll keep losing some market share but I don't think they're going anywhere as a business, and and I don't think you know that necessarily it destroys them as a business if they lose you know a bit more market share if they can hold on to that sort of you know chunk that they've got, which uh, tends to be people willing to spend a, a bit more. Um, so, and and there's that whole thing of just being t- when you're tied into one platform, yeah. it's a hassle to move to another. Um, and look, it's it's a pretty good platform overall. They don't lead the way on everything, but usually when they come out with something, they do it pretty well. So um, yeah, I, I, I don't. Uh, I'm not not too panicked about uh, about the situation. Although you know, I know some people have been very much sort of yeah hating on uh, Apple uh, Apple in in recent times. But uh, you know, they're they I think they're a really important important player. And look, you know, we wouldn't we wouldn't have. The smartphone sort of race that we have today. If Apple hadn't launched the iPhone in the first place, we'd be for sure. Um, yeah, I don't know where we'd be stuck, but it was sort of BlackBerry versus uh, Windows Mobile uh, when the iPhone launched. Um, but yeah, I think they recognise they've got to keep delivering good products, otherwise, you know, they'll they'll just become a has been as well. Uh, but I, I don't think that they're falling, you know, into into sort of position where they're going to be disappearing anytime soon. No. Yeah. Um, not at those share prices anyway. No, no. <laughs> they do it. They're doing all right. And, <laughs> and look, I think this whole play around services just you know helps keep keep those customers together. And you know the, the ecosystem play. I think they're smart to offer uh, the the TV plus and the arcade as a family type thing. You know, as soon as one user's on iOS, it, it actually becomes a whole lot easier uh, if everybody's on you know on iOS. My son's using his iPad for school. Well, if I didn't have an iPhone, 
you know, I, I'm not sure if there would be any options for me to control, you know, do the varying sort of parental controls and, and bits and pieces other than via his device. So, yeah. you know, it's much easier having uh, having the having the iPhone and then you add your Apple TV in, you add these services in and, uh, you know, it all, all works quite nicely together. So that, that ecosystem play is, uh, is, is smart and they've probably got the best out of any of the ecosystems right now, you know. Um, yeah. But there are certainly plenty of choices without being tied in, uh, you know, in that same way. And 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 of course, that's what we uh, what we see with you know lots of people doing music and movies and and other things through a whole other range of services. So um, they've they've got to continue working hard if they're going to stay relevant. All right, now on to uh, on to other other gadgets now. A device that both you and I have have tested is um, D-Link have a new uh, smart plug in the New Zealand market. Now, these things have been around for quite a few years. Uh, initially, they're much easier to get hold of in the US. We've had TP-Link with one in the New Zealand market for a while. There's been v- sort of very cheap generic ones you could get. Yeah, and this uh, is not on, the first online. time D- D-Link has done it either. Yeah. But they've, they've, um, the, the, they're calling it the mini smart plug now because it really is the form factor is is not much bigger than a normal plug mm. and i've in fact plugged it into a multi-board you know right next to other things that fits in you know right next to them yeah so that makes it a lot more user friendly than some of the other devices we've seen that stick up or stick out or just generally big and weird directions to get the wi-fi capability going and as as usual a, a very uh, memorable name the d-link dsp dash w118 I mean, don't you love these? Yeah, these rolls these straight off the tongue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I'm sure everybody will remember that if you if you're interested yeah. in one. Um, I have one of the TP. I think it's the TP Link. I've got another brand one that I bought recently. Oh, actually, it might have been um, who makes the Wemo uh, product? Um, Wemo. That name will come. That name will come back to me. I'm sure <laughs> there will be a few listeners there going, Paul. Your memory is absolutely shot. That is. Here we go. Uh, oh, maybe it's not Wemo. <laughs> Wemo Smart Home Products. Belkin. That's all oh, right. Uh, maybe it's a Belkin. I've got one of the other products, but I hadn't got uh, got around to testing it yet. But I have tried out the the D-Link. Uh, you've tried it out, and one of the team at Gorilla have, have tried it out. Yep. Um, seems to be pretty quick and easy to set up. That's, and get running. Uh, that was the first thing that um, I was struck by. Uh, it's got the QR code printed on the side of the plug, mm. uh, so you don't have to go around looking for the packaging or the setup card or anything. You yeah. know, as sometimes you have to do for these things. So you, as long as you've got the app downloaded on your phone. You just scan that that QR code. It knows that you're setting up the smart plug. Talks to the plug. Talks to your phone. Talks to your Wi-Fi. And then I was actually really surprised. It, it seemed less than sixty seconds, and I was pretty much um, uh, up and running. And in the past, sometimes pairing these things can be a little bit a little bit fiddly, and it takes a few attempts to get them going. But it seems to be solid as a rock. And, yeah. it, and like I say, it's a tiny little thing. It's got no external antenna on it or anything like no, that. No, and it hooks in via via um, directly on Wi-Fi, right? Yeah. So uh, yeah, you don't need anything. Any yeah, other I, sort think of base, I think base base it's rated as having a, up to three hundred MPS um, connectivity. So that means that um, as soon as you tell it to do something, it does it pretty much um, straight away. Yeah, yeah. I didn't didn't see any sort of yeah d- delays uh, with it. Now. It uses, this was interesting because 
anyone that's used some of the D-Link stuff before, and I've been testing a few of their things this year, and in fact, I haven't talked about all of them on the show because they just actually haven't been that exciting. Um, in fact, but but disappointing. Um, and one of the things was that just there's so many different apps. Now, in this case, it used the same app as for their wireless uh, camera. Correct. And that was, oh, this is actually nice. They've, it seemed as though what they were doing before was some vendor somewhere was making the chipsets and all the bits and pieces and was going, you know, look, here we'll, we'll produce an app and slap your name on it or something like they've, that. They've, co- they've come a long it was way. Just a mess. Yeah, making the making the app, the my D-Link app, yeah, much more user friendly. And the, and the last few D-Link devices that I've reviewed, I've found the same thing. That all of a sudden this year, um, even compared to last year, it it just everything works the way and it's easy to see and it's easy to set up and things talk to other things and so classic case in port you know so i've got this plug and i need to figure out you know is it actually useful is it useful to have a plug yeah that you can control over over, over wi-fi so what did you use it for so it's a very first world problem uh my garage door light uh stopped working so it wasn't just a case of the bulb uh, going, don't worry. I checked that extensively. Uh, it actually had burned something out on the motherboard, so the garage door opener was still working. Gotcha. But the light had stopped going, and I thought, well, is there a way that I can use this Wi-Fi smart plug to replicate th- that? And as it happens, I've got a security camera uh, monitoring the monitoring the garage. Yeah. And so, sure enough, using the My D-Link app, you can when that camera senses a motion or a noise in the garage. It can turn that plug on. Right, you can trigger it. There's automations in there, isn't there? You yeah, can correct. Different actions. You set up an automation and 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 have that have that going. So that's that's so that's fine. I can turn the light on, but how then do, I, how do you turn it off? Ah, good question, Paul. Good question. So because you don't want the light to just come on and stay on, you want it to go off after a couple of minutes. And there is no uh, facility uh, in the D-Link, the My D-Link app, to do that. Really, you can manually obviously go into it and turn it off. Uh, you can actually set a countdown on there, and so it'll go off after a certain time. Those are manual things, and you want to automate the process. But of course, these new um, smart plugs of D-Links, they're Alexa enabled as well. And so with Alexa, you can create a routine, uh, which means that it can do things like when that camera hasn't sensed emotion for a certain amount of time. Yeah. Um, then you can turn that turn that plug off. Okay, so, so, you, so you just you just combination you just, of the two things. Right, put those together, and you can turn it yeah. on, and you can turn it off. Oh my god, this sounds so geeky! <laughs> but I was so happy when I got it got it to work. So anyway, if you have a situation like that, um, the smart plug might be might be just the thing, or could be. I also um, I've used one before, uh, just on my bedside light, yeah. because I get up very early in the morning to do breakfast radio. And I'm, but I'm very not very disciplined when I go to bed and I start reading my book. And if the book gets exciting, and I know I should be turning out the light, yes. But you just go, oh, just just to the end of this chapter. Well, you can actually automate that plug to turn off at a certain at a certain time. Oh, good call. And cool. and so then that's just a nice little reminder to me that oh yeah, that's right. I should really stop really stop reading now. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Well, certainly, yeah. It seems these uh, these smart plugs have, have got their uses anyway, and yeah, your case is, is certainly a, a convenient one. Being able to rig that up. In my case, we've got a lot of Philips Hue lights around the place. Yeah. 
but we've got this one uh, floor lamp that uh, Selena found on Trade Me. It's got all these arms coming out and there's different <laughs> bulbs on it. It's, it's very, very cool. Uh, and um, that one sort of fell outside of the Philips Hue ecosystem. So right. we could turn all the lights off except for that one. Yeah, yeah. So now by dropping in the smart plug, boom, boom, yeah, away, away you go. And um, one of them went to uh, one of the team at the office and uh, uh, he found that he wants his heater to come on yep. in the morning. Boom, there you go. You can you know schedule these things and turn them on, turn them off automatically. So well, of course, the beauty of that is that you don't have to be home to do it either. You can do it from anywhere in the world. Um, but you know, if you're on your way home, you can turn that heater heater on, and so your house is warm by the time you get there as well. Yeah, so, so this, yeah. This, I guess lot, lots lots of uses. I'm sure there'll be uh, geekier uses than uh, than than we've we've come up with. And it won't break the bank. Will it? The, 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 I think the they're about 50, 50 bucks, maybe sixty dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of in in that in that range. And yeah, of course there'll be there'll be deals out there from time to time as well. So. Cheaper than a new garage door opener, anyway. That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. I won't ask how long you spent trying to figure all of it. All oh yeah, of that no, out. let's not incorporate <laughs> the man hours into it. No, no. Uh, but it's it's the, the fun of doing it at times, um, and the and the achievements. So uh, yeah. Now other other gadgets uh, that we've we've both spent a bit of time with recently, um, the Jabra Elite eighty five H uh, headphones. Now. I've tried out quite a bunch of noise cancelling headphones. I, I tend to travel, you know, a number of times throughout the year, uh, and so the idea of uh, having good noise cancelling headphones is, uh, you know, is is great. The battery life is is one of the challenges, or you know, has been traditionally, but it seems to be getting better. Uh, and that was probably one of the standout things for these new um, Jabra uh, Elite headphones. Is you know not only are they really nice sort of you know, Bluetooth headphone, and uh, you know they seem to cancel do the noise cancelling pretty well. Yeah, I, I think if you look around online, there's real audio files who sort of compare and go, well, you know the um, the Bose is slightly better than this or the, the, the high end Sony, Sony ones um, yeah, I think do a pretty good job yeah but, but I've actually been really impressed with the, mm. the, the noise cancelling on those um, yeah we, we had a bit quite a long plane, plane trip over here uh, to get to Tokyo and yeah I wore them a lot of the time because just there's something about plane noise and generally what's going on in the plane yep. and you don't even have to be playing anything through them you know and it, it'll 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 cut it out and it doesn't have that um, that uh, kind of background hiss that sometimes you get with with the noise cancellation. I mean, it's there, but it's very, very, very low level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I was pretty impressed. Um, now, the the bits that I've read suggests that um, the battery life is really good over I'm th- hearing over thirty hours, which is crazy with noise cancelling turned on, yeah. which is is better than the other ones that I've got. Is is that your experience with them? Because yeah. you've been using them longer than I have. I think you've had them, you know, at least a couple of months or so. Yeah. Um, well, I know you went through a long phase where I was using them in the studio for the radio show, so I'm using them for, for you know, four hours every morning. Right. Um, and I'd go weeks, you know, without, without char- charging them. I'm not even exaggerating. Um, and the other th- cool thing about that is sometimes things that have a long battery life 
then the payoff for that is that they take a long time to charge. Yes. But these charge with a Type C um, charging cable. Yep. USB C. Um, and nice so, and fast. And so that's not, that. That means that they, they actually. I found that they charge up nice and fast as well. Super comfortable as well. The memory foam cushions. You and I both wear glasses, mm. and often that can be a bit of a, a, a pain. Excuse the pun. Um, when you're wearing headphones for for a long time, but I found that they actually you know really comfortable on the on the ears too. Yeah, uh, no, I I think they're coming out pretty well. Five hundred and fifty dollars, I think, is the uh, the price I've seen uh, locally. So they're they're it's about the same range as those not, those high end. Yeah, not not too far off the the competition. Uh, that I think they possibly will sit a little bit lower when we you know see some. Um, you know some of the offers that, yeah. that, that tend to come through around um, you know for, Boxing Day and the and the, and the like in a few months. But for that kind of money, yeah. though, I was a little bit disappointed with the um, the auxiliary cable, um, which is a flimsy. Oh, th- so flimsy, wasn't it? Flimsy, yeah. flimsy thing. I mean, it's, it's long enough and, and all of that, and it does the job. Um, but when so many headsets, uh, even in a much lower price bracket, you get a nice braided tangle-free cable or even a ribbon cable, to have this sort of flimsy, thin little cable on yeah. such a pre- you know a premium device, it seems anathema really. And also the charging cable that they include in the case is it's only about twelve centimeters long. It's, yeah, it's quite. <laughs> cool. I actually used it on the plane to charge uh, charge my Samsung uh, phone. Is all of my phones, bar the iPhone now, uh, a USB-C. Yeah. Right. So that's the. I guess that the plus side to them being sort of smaller, flimsier cables is they're tiny. They take up no space. That's true. So from that perspective, really, really convenient. But, you know, it comes with a and really the, nice the, hard case. Yeah, that was the yeah, weird thing. Yeah. Lovely, <laughs> durable hard case. Yeah. And so, but believe me, that cable definitely fits in that case because it's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty flimsy um, anyway. But yeah, it saved the day and I got to charge my phone while I was uh, while I was sleeping rather than having to go through another bag and find a <laughs> USB-C. Um, now these are like the Sennheiser in that when you, uh, when you basically uh, turn the, the um, what are you, the, the, the air cups? Yeah, the air cups to the side, which is what you have to do to put them back in the box. Or if you just want to wear them around your neck, not operating, as soon as you sort of turn them, uh, then it puts them into sleep mode. And so the battery goes off and you're not, you know, wasting wasting power. Yeah, yeah there is no on off switch on them, no, that, which no. it does take a little bit of it's getting great. used to. Yeah. You put them on and they turn on. Put them back in the case, they turn off. Yeah. yeah. And and they you know, they keep their charge. Yeah, I guess it's not even sleep mode, it's it's, it's they're off. Uh, and that works well and then you've got your, you know, press press on the side to play and um, I you know, I guess yeah, but what else have you got there? Volume up, volume down. Yeah, and, they're actually very sim- and, simple and so simple controls and they're quite easy to find. Mm. Um, and quite a nice um, texture on the outside of the egg. It's actually a fabric on the outside of the of the mm. air cup, so uh, so it's not a um, you know like a plastic. I worry a, whether a, that will wear though over time, but probably not if you keep them in the case. Yeah, I've I've seen I've read reviews where people are worried about them gathering dust and that sort of thing, but I haven't actually found that to be the case. And like I say, I have been wearing them a lot. The other thing I've been impressed with is the Bluetooth connectivity uh, is good and strong. Um, so I'll use them at home, for example, to watch a movie. Um, you know, when I've got teenagers and they're making noises in the house or whatever, so it's nice to be able to watch a movie with the noise cancelling 
uh, function on the active noise cancelling on. Yeah. And um, and yeah, I've experienced. I don't even think I can recall it, any kind of dropouts or any anything mm. like that mm. at all. Mm. And sometimes you do get that on 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 other on other headsets, depending yeah. on what codecs they're using and that sort of thing. It'll be interesting to see how they how they wear. Um, I did have I did have one issue the other day when when using them was something that interfered or or messed with them, but um, only on one occasion. Um, the one headphones that looked amazing at the beginning, but were a real disappointment. The Parrot Zik Two. These were sort of these really high end headphones, covered in you know they were leather covered and yeah, so yeah. on. And then the leather came off, and it, uh. it was just a mere. They had a braided cable, and the braiding sort of stuff came off. Oh no! And I don't know how much they they were retail for. It was you know north of. Six hundred dollars, oh my god, or, or something. They were, they were, yeah. I mean, they were. Um, I think they sold in the U.S. market for about four hundred, uh, four hundred U.S. And they, they have, you know, they were very oh, nice yeah. Uh, yeah. looking noise cancelling headphone, but uh, but a letdown. So I mean, Jabra have traditionally made, well, they've made a lot of stuff for for businesses. Yeah. Like imagine this is the sort of gear that people will be using for their um you know video video conferencing calls and things and i've already used them for that they seem to you know work uh work pretty well yeah i mean they're Um, most well they're probably most well known for um the uh headsets that people use at reception stations and call centers and things like that aren't they that that um that that headset with the with the mic that you see um you know people at, at reception at a building when you when you go in um uh, you know and so you know those are the sorts of things that ha- do have to have durability and good reliability they've actually been in the game a long time um J- jabra and i think they just you know now over the last um couple of years really starting to move into this into this market more where uh, of people you know with m- mobile devices you know wanting to listen to you know, whether it's at the gym uh, out and about, you know, on their commute, traveling, um, yeah, really get really get into that market, and yeah, they, from what I've seen so far, they're doing a pretty pretty good job of it. Yeah, the main thing that we probably haven't seen of these high end noise cancelling uh, headphones is a whole lot of price competition. Seems to be getting some you know some very nice products with you know a few differentiating features, um, but there's not particularly good noise cancelling headphones at any lower price yeah, points. I mean I've seen what one or two, there's some uh, some some Chinese ones you can you can order um, the JBL has a headset online. that's that's significantly cheaper. Um, the noise cancelling the, the ANC on it isn't quite up, is up to right, it, right. It's it's okay. It's just not as effective. You know, it doesn't do anything wrong. Mm, it just doesn't mm. do it as right as you know your Sennheisers, as your as your Jabra's, as your Sony's. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they are a lot cheaper. And um, but but yeah, I actually found them to be a, a pretty good headset as well. So mm, mm. Um, yeah, if, if if over five hundred dollars for a pair of headphones seems a bit steep to you, you might want to check, check those yeah, ones out. They're in that three hundred dollar range, I think. I remember or picking even some, less. some Sony ones up that would fold up nice and small. They, I think you'd put maybe just one double A battery in them. Pick them up in the US on on a trip some years ago, and they they you know they've still got used. Um, you know, from time to time, and they were 
they were like sixty dollars or something. So right. I guess there there are a few. You just there's not so much noise made about those products because there's not so much money to be made of, at, out of them. And uh, you know it tends to be the higher end products that get get the attention. Um, and those lower end ones are more just headphones, so they're not really for doing your your audio conference calls and phone calls and 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 so on on as much, or they're certainly not as as capable. Uh, typically at those lower price points as well there's, well, you know, one, there's one, usually some differences one, just one more uh, feature of, of this and it's not something that I usually think too much about when I'm reviewing a pair of headphones is the mic quality um, when you are t- when you are taking a call, there's a lot of microphones built into the, the oh, Jeffrey yeah, headset. Oh yeah, six mics. Yeah, because that's how the noise cancelling uh, works. Yeah. Um, and but it does a, a very good job uh, when you're on a call mm. uh, because often uh, when I'm when I have t- tested uh, headphones in the past because there is no dedicated you know mic boom as you find on a gaming yes, headset. Yeah. Um, you tend to pick up a lot of background noise and out, and outside noise. Not the case with these ones. Um, I was really really impressed people actually commented that they had no idea that i was talking to them you know on a on a bluetooth headset when mm, i was talking mm. to them because it was coming through so crystal clear and i think they're obviously they're working some kind of magic there so yeah i mean if you do take a lot of phone calls while you're you know while you're using your noise cancelling headphones um yeah maybe worth a lot mm. well i think it's you know it's just one of the one of those things now and and in offices, we we end up using our our, our phones, and uh, yeah, you want your hands free, so it's uh, certainly certainly a good approach. Um, I'll tend to also carry some small portable sort of Bluetooth ones in my pocket. Um, you know, the Apple ones or, or the the Samsung ones at the moment are the um, those that I've sort of been trying out in uh, in recent months. Their latest offerings, and they're, they're both uh, they're both pretty good, but they're a whole a whole different kettle of fish to yeah, uh, full active noise cancelling. Although I, I, I see that they're starting to introduce, um, the, 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 there are a few from a, a few other manufacturers mm. now of those true wireless earbuds that include active noise cancelling and you know in them as well. Yeah, uh, starting to come to market, and I think that's something that we're going to see over the next year. Is uh, some of those, uh, so we say, more traditional brands will have their mm-hmm. their own take on that as well. I mean, generally they're pretty good anyway if they if you've got a nice tight seal. Um, so it's pa- that's passive noise noise cancelling, obviously. But um, yeah, apparently they've got the miniaturisation going so so well now um, that um, yeah, I think I think Sony may even have a have a product product yeah, coming out do, in, in the do. near future. Yeah. yeah. Um, now the last product just wanted to talk about because it's it's brand new Fitbit Versa Two, uh, just uh, just arrived or just been just been launched in the in the last uh, forty eight hours I I think yeah. uh, in New Zealand I think it's la- launched this week and um, the other thing that's coming this week actually sort of locally is the new uh, Vodafone TV so we'll ch- we'll chat about that um, maybe next week or the week week after. Uh, I think that's um, that, that's um, yeah definitely going to be interesting to see where that fits into the market. Vodafone taking you know a bit of a different approach this time. You'll be able to use it even if you're not a Vodafone uh, customer. You're not using Vodafone for your uh, internet connection at home. Uh, but the Fitbit Versa Two landed in the market uh, this week, uh, three hundred and sixty dollars. They've had the Fitbit Versa for a little while. This isn't uh, dramatically different from. What I can uh, what I can tell uh, so far, uh, you've got the Fitbit uh, Pay, which works with um, ASB and Latitude Financial Services. I don't know too much about um, 
about them. ASB obviously got lots of lots of customers, um, but it gives you that option if that's that's the device you're carrying and you're out for a run or whatever you want to grab some milk on the way home and, and so well, on. Surely if you're out for a run, it's options. a sneaky pie or something, yeah. isn't it? That you want to just <laughs> just sneak in there. Well, maybe maybe so. And so um, for those of if you don't know what we're talking about, it's the one that looks almost but not exactly like an Apple Watch. Uh, that's that's actually very true. I mean, if you put them two side by side and you have a look, they're, they're clearly not. But the number of times where you know I've been wearing the the Versa or the yeah now the Versa two, and there have been comments from uh, from people for whatever reason. Uh, you know they're asking something about the the Apple Watch, and it's like I'm wearing a Fitbit here, buddy. Yeah. Um, it's it's definitely changed. Um, I did. I'm not sure. I mean, it's a little bit since um, since I wore the original Fitbit because I've been using the Apple Watch mostly recently. Um, but I notice it's got a moving second hand on there, so it actually looks a bit more Apple Watch uh, like. Um, although with the new Apple Watch, um, the way that they've they've got their always on, I think the sec- they've taken away the second hand from the uh, uh, the Apple Watch. So that's one of the well, things I mean, they've done with lowering their refresh and whatnot. You've got a variety of, of uh, watch faces. You can go analog. You can go that's digital. You, yeah, I've just gone been, with whatever the default one was on this one. Show you fitness thing, and and so one of the big changes between now and when the Versa first came out is um, you know there's there's a whole Fitbit app store. Uh, which we really saw for the first time uh, with the Ionic and the Versa, which was which was really Fitbit's legitimate attempt at trying to make a, more of a smartwatch. Than well, they bought, than, they than, bought the, the assets of Pebble, didn't they? And correct. We were sort of expecting some of the stuff to come through, and it's yeah, it's, it's kind slow, of, kind slowly of coming through. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mostly, it's still um, uh, fitness apps like Strava. Um, or golf tracking apps, you know, um, that, that sort of thing. Um, uh, there's not yet. I've, yeah, I've had quite quite a play play with it, and it's not super dram- dramatically different from the Versa. Uh, I feel but Alexa, I, Alexa. Yes, it is Alexa enabled. So it means that if we go back to the smart plug that we were talking about, you know, at the beginning of the podcast, um, I can literally tell my bedside light. To uh, turn on or off by talking to the by talking to my watch, and again that that that, that all happens instantly, and that Trigger works it with the button, and it, and as long as you're within Wi-Fi range, then away you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, it's not it's not massively different. My feel my feeling is that um, the uh, stability of the notifications uh, process is a lot better now. Then that, that's always been a bit. I've I had a question mark over that. Um, which is one of the things that really stops me taking Fitbit seriously as a smartwatch option and, and not just a fitness tracker that does some notifications. Fitness and sleep tracking is, you know, is yeah. I think, what, what we mostly look at. Yeah, look and, and it does, right, and they've always done a fantastic job yeah. of those things. The other thing that they always do a fantastic job is the legibility of the screen. Looks, You can read it, it's clear, it's sharp in any conditions inside or out. I'm always really, really the, the, the way that they set, set out your um, your run statistics and that sort of thing when you're out in the bright sunshine. Yeah, you, know, you can tell at a glance exactly you know where, where you're at. Um, but uh, yeah, like I say, I feel like the notifications are definitely coming through 
reliably and and quickly whereas that hasn't always been the case in the past the one question i still have unfortunately is the media um, controls on there uh, so you can choose to load music onto the device itself yes um, pair it with you know some bluetooth headphones and listen to it that way or if you take your phone with you when you're when you're out and about um, you can supposedly um, control that what you're playing on on the phone with the Fitbit works really well when you first set it up when you first pair it and then seems like in a matter of hours it's forgotten that um, it's supposed to be paired with that with, with that device and I don't know why they oh, they, wow. they they can't they can't make it work and I've tried it on a, with a couple of different phones as well right so it's uh, not something where a firmware up I mean sometimes what I've noticed with some of the some of the vendors. Um, Fitbit, probably a little bit in this category. GoPro, there's, there's, there's probably quite a bunch actually when you look at it. When they first launch something, it takes a little yep. while for them to get it to get it ready. Of course, that's the time where everyone's talking about it. Yeah, really yeah, doing it. In yeah. fact, the Fitbit scales had terrible rating on um, on Amazon. But then when I tried them, sort of how many months, six to twelve months after they were launched. Yep didn't have an issue yeah I've never at, had an issue with mine they seem to so. work really well apart from the fact that they t- they seem to tell me that I'm way heavier than I possibly could be <laughs> um, but yeah they, they have that they have that issue with yeah, me too yeah, but yeah. It, might, it might just be my honesty around my weight that uh, is the problem maybe the Fitbit's right you, you're right though um, they, they, that could be something that, that um, they take care of with a firm, firmware update isn't it fun to do a firmware update on these devices though Paul oh slow 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 yeah it's too slow isn't it it really is too slow um, I don't know what that's about you just need to set it and, and, and walk away but of course when you've got something new you want to you want to jump in and, and use it straight away yeah. so if it, if it takes you know half an hour or or more to get up and uh, running that's uh, that that's annoying and um, actually I I got a nice e- uh, actually a phone call this week from uh, uh, a particular technology company I'd placed an order online for a, w- with them for a, for a product um, and uh, anyway they're not going to deliver it to me I've got to go to them to pick it up and uh, they're a little bit renowned for shipping them without the latest uh, software so, oh, right. so I, when they emailed me I, I emailed back and said oh can you make sure it's got the latest yeah, it's software it's all good to go um, of course I'm talking about the Tesla Model 3 um, uh, yeah that's a bit bigger than so, a watch uh, um, yeah so it'll be interesting to, to, to see uh, and look I understand if they don't because they, they're trying to get through um, literally hundreds of them into the New Zealand market. I thought that was all part of it. Part of the fun of it, Paul, was getting to set everything up yourself. You don't want it all ready to go. Well, I, what I don't <laughs> want to do is have some old software on there for the first week or two. I've heard of some people where, you know, they have trouble triggering the updates or, oh, yeah, you've got to log a service call to get the updates. And I think mostly they, they work okay, but I don't want to be on, I don't want to be on some really old software yeah. that doesn't work as well as, the um, uh, the Model Three that I was trying a you know week, week week or so back right so I want it to be at least at that level the next iterations that's fine but you know don't don't give me the firmware that when the car was built you know six weeks or eight weeks ago whenever whenever it was manufactured you know that's that's not good enough do you think Gerald Ford foresaw a time where you know people would be complaining that they they couldn't get the the app on their phone to sync with their car. <laughs> 
Well, we've got, yeah, those, those are the sort of the, the real world issues now, right? As our cars just become big, big mobile gadgets. And of course, it, w- it was only, I think, in the last couple of weeks that we, we had a, an outage with the, the Tesla app. And yeah. those that have forgotten to put their uh, key card in their wallet uh, and were relying purely on their phone for entry and, and driving yep. uh, were stuck and yeah, not able to go anywhere. Like- so, good, good lesson that you. You know, you, you have to be a, a little bit cautious about relying on the technology. Always have a backup. Always have a backup. Yes. Um, so there we go. Well, I think that's us for this episode, Glenn. Oh, well, there's a lot, of, lot of little toys to play with there. Yeah, uh, it's been a bit of a gadget week, and um, actually, yeah, very convenient that you um, you're here in Tokyo too. Yeah. And, what are the chances? And you happen to be such a gadget fan. I, did, I actually, I mean, we've spoken before at various events, and um, I guess each time I chat to you, I find a little bit more about your interesting gadgets and uh, <laughs> um, this time there were a whole, a whole bunch of things to talk about and I, yeah and I, I realized yeah you're you're a lot more into tech than probably most ZB listeners would uh, uh, would would have been aware of oh they, they need to go and have a look at the technology page on the news talk ZB website Paul and then you can see all my all my reviews on there fantastic um, and and any other big breaking uh, tech stories that are going on in the world like like the iPhone launch um, you'll see a little bit about that on there as well oh and the gadget that we've got sitting right next to us oh. that was on the list to talk about and I know we're, we're probably over time oh. uh, but we said at the beginning we would is the um, the new Huawei and You've actually done a pretty thorough um, write-up on this. I, I, I saw online. Yep. Um, this is the Nova Five T, and um, you referred to it as a as a um, as a flagship, but at half the half the price. And I was thinking, can you really call this a flagship phone? I was yeah, I turned it around. Well, it's got four cameras on the back. That's uh, that, that's, you know, that, that, that's that's one more than that, the phones that, we were just talking about at the beginning of the podcast, isn't it? You know, that's that's a bit of a standout. Um, admittedly, two of those um, lenses are two megapixel, and they're for you know very specific sort of um, use cases, the macro use, and also for providing the. Um, Sort of the the depth sensing for um, you know for photo and I'm not sure about whether there's um, haven't actually tested yet whether the depth sensing on this one works uh, from a video perspective or not but um, it's got the same so yeah this has got the same um, processor in it the Kirin 980 yeah that Huawei's flagship P30 Pro Correct. has. Now Huawei are, I think, about to you know launch their Mate twenty, uh, Mate thirty Pro, in some markets, which will use their next next generation so yeah. uh, again. Um, but it's it's a you know high end. It's uh, processor. It's eight gigs of RAM. I think it's one hundred and twenty eight gigs worth of uh, storage. No, the cameras aren't going to match what the P thirty Pro would do. No, no. Um, but although in saying that, so it, it does have an, a night shooting mode. Uh, so it doesn't happen automatically like it does on the on the P30 Pro, mm. um, and it does take a long time to take a shot you, you, using that mode. Right. But it uh, the results are really quite spectacular and bright and clear and crisp uh, when when you use it even from a distance. Um, so I'm assuming it's using a lot of the AI technology that we saw in the um, in the. Uh, P30 Pro, where it takes a lot of different shots, yeah, and then and then combines them all together to bring you the the, the best um, light that it, that it can you know squeeze into into those nighttime shots. 
but yeah, uh, you're not going to get a, a, a photo finish in a, in a, in a race with, with, that, with it taking a second or two to take the, the shot. Yeah, no, it's, it's a lot slower and yeah. you've got to hold it still and so on. Um, the, from the camera perspective, for me, it was the, um, yeah, you've got a wide angle and... Oh, the wide angle looks really good, by the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but the two main lenses are uh, wide angle and then just your standard view. There is a two times view, uh, which I think that that uses sort of maybe a combination of software and that the camera is actually you yeah, know, this is the hybrid is, zoom, is, zoom that they did high, high definition. But I mean, as far as the device goes, it looks amazing depending on what sort of you know what you think stylistically um but my son this again you know the eight-year-old looks and he's like whoa yeah it's and, cool and he's like oh it, you know is mum gonna be getting that one <laughs> that, that's that's better than the the p30 pro you know just because of how how it looked like yeah. stylistically yeah. really and, cool. and the other note of interest probably is that at the uh, selfie cam is in the top left-hand corner, peeping out of a punch hole in this in the screen. So it's not a, it's not a water drop notch. It's not a it's not a big wide notch like we've seen on on other devices. And it's not a punch hole in the in the top right-hand corner. And of course, what's the advantage of having it in the top left-hand corner? If you're watching something on that screen in landscape. You turn the phone over and that becomes the bottom left-hand corner, which is probably more or less where you're holding it. Yeah, so, right. it's, so it's not obscuring anything of any importance on that screen anymore, like, I don't know, a scoreboard? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If maybe, yeah, maybe, it's reasonably, reasonably out of the way. Maybe if you're watching some important rugby matches you know, on, your, on, your, on your commute, yeah. Uh, and then in the coming weeks, um, you won't have a camera uh, on, over the top of the scoreboard. Now, um, two more things to mention. One, it has a favourite feature that I've called out on the show numerous times before uh, for Sony because they used to nail it by including this in all their smartphones is a fingerprint reader on the power button. It is, just without the doubt. place where fingerprint readers should be. And it's the best so fingerprint reader I have ever accurate. used. It's awesome. It's amazing. Um, but really the big, the big elephant in the room is what's going on with Huawei you buy this phone, probably not going to get, you know, the no guarantee of any Android 10. Uh, I mean, it, it, you place your bets if you're going to get a newer version of Android. And that that's really the main issue is, you know, I think, do people have the confidence in Huawei as a brand right now, whether that's that they're, they're concerned about um, hacking or, you know, probably more so just concerned about the, um, the situation between US and China and Huawei being, you know, caught in there in there somewhere. I think there's lots of lots of opinions on, uh, you know, what what these issues are about. And of course, Trump has sort of suggested that these things are going to be softening up, but you just can't guarantee it. So that for me would be the reason I would be. Um, you know, if I if you're looking to buy this phone, you just you need to calculate that into your consideration. Of course, there are lots of lots of other phones in the market that don't get regular Android updates, but Huawei have been actually uh, pretty good lately. Um, in most cases, although I found uh, with one of the other, uh, I think one of the other Nova phones, a friend in Australia. Uh, they they had bought one through you know whatever the retail channel was there, 
and I guess it wasn't wasn't via um, wasn't via a carrier, and it was getting updates a lot quicker than the New Zealand. Uh, Variant, yeah, which, was, which was fascinating, but um, I feel like yeah, because that, because maybe because of the situation that that Huawei is founded in with this current trade impasse, uh, they've basically thrown the kitchen sink into this into this phone because um, there was a Nova, there, there, a Nova that came out about this time last year, but it wasn't as high spec as mm, as this mm. device is, which is why I've sort of you know referred to it as. It's, it, you're almost getting a lot of you're getting a lot of flagship specs. Yes, true. And, and a, a seven hundred dollar phone. Mm, and so, mm. at the end of the day, if this you know if this is the phone that you're buying for your teenager or you know perhaps you know for your for your fleet, your sales mm. fleet or whoever out and about, it's a pretty high end phone. As you know, yeah, for, uh, for the money. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. Well, um, very nice. Um, of course, we'll see Samsung and and. You know, and others sort of competing, so it puts a nice sort of you know benchmark out there in in the market too. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's a very very slick piece of hardware. We don't see so many at this price point. It's you know, there's a lot that sort of come in around that uh, you know three to five hundred range. So this it is around seven hundred dollar. Um, yeah, there's often that sort of big big gap, isn't there? Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, very, very nice. But just bear in mind those considerations yeah. and uh, uh, challenges with Huawei. Um, now, from from I guess the pick is with the the, the Huawei that uh, has been talked about in the media. This Mate 30 Pro seems very unlikely that we'll be seeing it sort of directly in the New Zealand market through official channels uh, because of the current uh, trade embargo situation and you know blocking of Huawei buying from uh, and, and working with US brands, uh, Google have already come out and said that they will not be uh, supporting Google uh, Google Play uh, on that phone, which basically means you can't get your Google Maps and all your well, other all your other bits and pieces. And when you when you think about that, what the you think, well, how important is that really? But any app that re- re- relies on you know Google's location services, so your classic um, example is Uber, for example. Um, you know, Uber doesn't work unless it's talking to talking to Google. So that means there's an app that won't 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 work on a phone that doesn't have you know the Google services installed on it. So yeah, bit, of, bit of a bit of a challenge, isn't it? Although yeah. in China they get away without you know none of the phones sold in China um, have have the Google services. Is of course Google doesn't doesn't operate uh, in the in the Chinese market, so they use the open source variant of uh, of of Android, which is what will be coming uh, in the Mate Mate Thirty Pro. Uh, so things are doable, yeah. but they it, keep it talking. They keep talking about some kind of fix that you might, uh, you know, after you've bought it, there might be a way to sideload these things, um, in some kind of indirect way. You can do it, but it's not going to suit the mass market. No, is it? no, yeah. no. I mean, yeah. when you buy a phone, you want it. You want to turn it on and you want it to work. So yeah. yeah. It's a bit, oh, like, well, a bit like your Tesla, Paul. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe the difference between a, a, a second-hand Tesla bought in from Japan that won't support all the services and one bought locally. Uh, <laughs> slight, slight variation. All right, well, that's us for uh, for this week. So um, thank you, Glenn, for joining the show. Much appreciated. That no, was my pleasure. Um, I hope the audio quality was okay, folks. We're recording in a slightly different method uh, for this episode um and next week um 
yeah, we'll be, we'll be talking a bit through well, the next episode. We'll just be um, starting to delve in and provide some, some details on the new uh, partnerships that are uh, launching for New Zealand Tech Podcast this month. Um, a bit of content coming up on, uh, on HP's latest and uh, yeah lot, lots more uh, news this this month so thanks everyone for listening in we'll catch you on the next episode Glenn maybe just a reminder where people can um, can catch your content or where to find you on social media yeah so um, I'm on social media on Glenn ZB that's Glenn with two N's ZB uh, so you know uh, Twitter Instagram Facebook all that and uh, yeah but you'll find uh, the best place to find the, all those tech reviews is on the News Talk ZB website and just uh, look up the technology page on that website and you'll see uh, my review of the Nova 5T right there. Brilliant, brilliant. All right, thanks, Glenn. Thanks, everyone, for listening in. Catch you next week. Bye. The New Zealand Tech Podcast, brought to you by Gorilla Technology, proactive and strategic IT.